Warning, the cases that I talk about here are under the assumption that the individuals that are accused allegedly committed these crimes unless they have been convicted in court for the, tri for the crimes that they have been charged with. This is by no means me making any kind of accusations whatsoever. I am simply commenting on news articles and stories that have been shared with me through individuals who may or may not have experienced these said stories. This is not fact. This is purely my opinion. Unless they have been through court and they have been convicted. Please understand that moving forward. Thank you. Trigger warning. The podcast you're about to listen to may contain sexual and violent acts committed against men, women, and children. If such acts offend you in any way, please do not listen any further. This podcast was made for an audience of 18 years and older and contains mature and explicit content. Also, this podcast may also contain a high level of profanity and explicit language. If such things offend you in any way, shape, or form, please do not listen to the podcast any further. This is your last trigger warning. If anything that I mentioned above offends you, please do not listen. Thank you. Hey everybody, this is Jeremy with the Man Apart Podcast. This is going to be episode 21, titled The Wolf Project. So, we're going to be talking to an individual named Gabrielle. It's not her real name. It's a name that she decides to use to have anonymity. And she's going to discuss a situation that she was put in and a lot of it's going to be a very interesting episode I will say for myself I've never met anybody with this type of story before um there is a you know grooming story involved in this and possible trafficking story and because of that this young lady decided to create what uh, she calls the wolf project it is a online uh, project where people where she teaches other individuals all around the country to go and do their own internet stings to catch pedophiles and get them convicted. Uh, already, I think a lot of us who's listening to this would say, you know, my hat's off to her. You know, at a girl, uh, love her already. I can just imagine when y'all hear this, that's a, that's a, that's the thoughts that's going to go through your head, and that's the thought that go through my head. So. I feel very passionate and adamant about uh, somebody that does that, and I always want to highlight somebody that does those type of things. The aspect that makes this unique is the fact that she has uh, the gift of, uh, I want to say, foresight, prophecy, visions, where she explains what was happening to her, and she would have these dreams and visions of people being you know, either sexually assaulted, raped, or attacked. And she thought maybe she was going crazy. You know, when I initially talked to her in, uh, on the phone before we even agreed to doing this podcast. So, I, I, you know, from there, I definitely want to have somebody who has that unique ability and gift. And for her to explain it. And, of course, I, there's going to be a million questions going through a lot of people's heads uh, with, with that type of gift. I know I've asked her a few since I've originally talked to her. And... Just a wonderful, wonderful, amazing person. Uh, 
you know, has, has a good you know, heart about her. And I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke up her skirt all day long. I'm just, this is the intro. And you're about to hear the interview in just a few seconds. Thank y'all. All right. Now we're oh, my God. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you. Oh, um, yeah, sometimes uh, it's not always so uh, easy, especially when, you, when you're in your car on your phone doing a podcast. Yeah, um, no, I understand. I was on before, so this is actually easier than the one before, so <laughs> we're doing fine. That's awesome. Yeah, so for anybody that's, that's listening right now, because I don't, I don't cut out any audio. This is all unscripted live. I mean, not live, but unscripted raw. the uh podcast for the interview so that's why we're we're so grateful y'all um you mind if i call you gabby because yeah no that works that's fine well gabby um i did an intro for you and uh so they have a little bit of a preface of what's going on i explained about your um that you that you were in a a grooming and possible trafficking situation Mm -hmm. um that you have uh that you have the wolf project and that you uh, have the gift of uh, visions and prophecy and everything. So let's start uh, with the, which basically kicked a lot of this off was your, uh, I would say your grooming experience, right? Right. Yeah. Um, basically one of my, so, uh, my friends in middle school. Let's go ahead and just school. start from what happened. Like how did that all get? Oh no. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I know it's it's, it's trying to connect. Yeah. It's been weird. It's like cutting in and out for you too, but either way, yeah. Can you so hear me now? You're good. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. We're good. Uh, let's just start with your grooming ex- experience and how that how that come about and how uh, and how your parents stopped it and all that, so we can give at least some information and and about tactics and whatnot for parents to be able to use and utilize, and just share right. your story. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, basically, it was just like the most casual thing ever. Um, one of my girlfriends in middle school came to me and said that she had started modeling and, um, she just kind of showed me that these messages between her and this man. And she had actually found a listing on Craigslist at the time, which, you know, now we would go, Oh my God, like she, listing on Craigslist. Right. But like, um, back then it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. Everybody sold everything on Craigslist. So she showed me this listing and he was just looking for, you know, our age group of girls. And, um, he wanted photos of this, this, and this, you know, your measurement. So he made it look pretty realistic. Um, but he never talked to the parents. It was perfectly fine for just the, you know, the 12 year old girl to contact him. Yeah. And so, She said that she had started, uh, she had quote unquote enrolled with him and asked me if I wanted to do it with him. Yeah. You you cut out right around when you said she had started. Oh yeah. So she, she started AKA like enrolling with him and asked me if I wanted to enjoy her. Enjoy. Well, it's cut out again. (laughs) Yeah. Gabby. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, it was cutting out again. Golly, man. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful age of technology we're in, right? I know. And I have decent service. I don't know what's going on. And I'm on Wi Fi. Uh, Me too. I'm 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 out here by by my local library, uh, you know, 
parts here using their Wi-Fi to make sure that I'm everything everything's connected close to the building. I, I don't know what's going on, but uh, the damn devil. It's the <laughs> damn devil, you know. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, uh, um. So you you were 12 years old, and this guy started asking all these uh, you know, for all these measurements, pictures, and really wasn't talking to any of the parents. So what was right, so what yeah. was going on? Let's pick up from that part. Now, he had just sent me a couple of emails um, back and forth because, you know, I thought it was realistic being that she had already started with him. You know, I just assumed that her parents were involved and that this was something that her family was doing. Right. And then the more that I talked to him, um, you know, thank God, I guess I just had like this intuitive bell in my head that was going off of like, this is not right. And so I ended up telling my parents about it my mom and you know she immediately knew what was going on and so she I had just sent a couple I don't even think I had sent photos to him yet um and uh, she had contacted him and told him you know kind of gave him the what for about it and shut it down before it happened yeah um well that's good I mean that's good you went out to your parents that you you know that your mom caught it in time and everything like that because god knows what could have happened i mean could have been a trafficking situation could have been where you know hey meet me here at this at this place to do the do the photo shoot and then next thing you know you're gone you know Um, yeah no absolutely and that's the thing is that you know a lot of people associate sex trafficking especially child sex trafficking with you know you lost your kid uh in a department store or your teenager was out too late and now they're gone or whatever and that's that happens. That certainly does happen. Um, but most most of the time, it's cyber. You know, it's completely yeah. like just manipulating children into sending photos for X Y Z reasons, and then they make profit off of that. Yeah, and on top and, and on top <laughs> of it, setting up like like it's a job or something like that. And you know, obviously, mm-hmm. kids. You know, I mean, so obviously, you know, you wanted to kind of get into that line of work and and or was interested in it at the very least and. You know, hey, I mean, and look, I've seen those, I've seen those job listings before too on on different sites as well, and I'm like, uh, what? what? Uh, I I actually had one for acting, uh, when I, but of course I was an adult and everything like that, and they started talking about you got to meet over here at this place and pay this amount of money. I'm like, nah, it's all right. I'll, right. I'll, I'll, I'll just go back to trimming trees for a living. Screw this. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but so you were 12 and that happened, um, and. Thankfully, you know, it, it got shut down pretty early. Um, so yeah. what, so, so how were your feelings over the years as far as what led up to, obviously this was a main starting point for, you know, creating the wolf project. Um, right. How, so how did it come about that you wanted, to, that you wanted to, to, to bust these sick monsters, these, these fucking pedophiles and everything like that. Right. And uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. Um, you know what? And to be honest with you, that moment happened and I kind of just moved forward and never really thought much about it after that. Um, you know, like I said, I wasn't the one that conversated with him that much. Yeah. Um, and just kind of went on with my life, didn't think much about it. But um, I, I can look back now and definitely say like that was certainly a moment where things, the wheels started turning a little bit as far as awareness goes. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, we've talked about before, um, when I was in college, I was probably 19 or 20, I had just, um, become a Christian and I just started having, 
you know, the visions of the girls in real time of like what was happening to them. And they were completely out of the blue. Um, and you know, like so realistic, you know, I would come back from these visions or these dreams and, you know, go and dry heave over the toilet, you know, and, and just like, it was just sick. Um, you know, I'd cry for three days straight. There was a period where I didn't talk to anybody for three days and, you know, my friends and family ended up having to like break the door in to, um, kind of make sure that I was okay because I could not, I was not functioning. I I was not functioning after seeing the things that I was seeing. And, you know, I wasn't, I don't have any friends that was trafficked. I was never trafficked. Um, I had that one minor, I don't want to say minor because grooming is not minor, but, you know, compared to other people's stories, um, I had that one occurrence when I was 12 and, you know, nothing really much after that. Um, And, you know, I'm, had gone through different, you know, sexual assaults and things like that, but nothing as far as being a child um, from a, from an adult, but so these visions were just completely random, you know, and I was getting so upset about them. And I remember like just putting my forehead on the ground and just praying, you know, God, why would you give me these if there's nothing I can do about them? Because, you know, I'm a 19 year old kid stuck in college and there's nothing I can do. I can't go travel the world right now because I have to finish my degree. I knew I needed to do that. Um, you know, I don't see it here. The visions that I was having of these girls was in a a different country. So I felt like I was being tortured and punished for no reason, you know? And I remember I reached out to a pastor and um, he told me, you need to just go pray. Just go to your room, turn the lights off. You know, you can put on some meditation music or whatever and just go pray and see what God has to say to you. And so I did that and I was praying for about 30 minutes and I was sobbing you know um and um i got up from prayer and i had checked my phone and during that time period of praying i had gotten a text message from a cafe um a local cafe called together cafe it's to get her um we call it together and it's ran by church it's it's, i I don't know if they consider a non-profit or not but it's it's a cafe ran by church and the proceeds go towards the local charities that help prevent trafficking in the area and things like that um and so i had actually applied for a job like any job in that church i think nine months before that so i had applied about it and forgot about it you know and i get up from praying about this you know what's my next step god why do you want me why are you showing me this um and i have that text message on my phone and they're like, hey, we, you know, finally have an opening. We saw your application. Would you like to come in for an interview? It's like, oh, my God, you know, that's crazy. Um, and so I did. I went in for an interview. They gave me the job. And, you know, it, I just started out in the cafe and just started out as a barista. And what they do is, um, you know, any money that they make, they, they try to put it all towards charities um, specifically for prevention and rescue of victims of trafficking it's not just child trafficking but you know trafficking in general sex trafficking work trafficking all the above um and so from there i just got involved with the local charities and started talking more and did a lot of trainings and then i started speaking at events um as far as what it looks like because you know i i knew what was going on just by the visions i didn't know what was going on you know as far as the internet goes and 
uh, what what America is really looking at as far as fighting trafficking and next steps as far as that. So I got involved there and um, graduated from college, ended up leaving that job to go be a high school teacher. And of course, working with teenagers there and knowing, you know, these kids have a good life, but I was always under this, you know, um, I guess I had always this hyper awareness that I never knew which student could possibly be trafficked, you know, and I love those kids. I love those kids. And so I guess just from there, you know, just constant, it went from being involved in, you know, trying to stop the trafficking to getting more involved in teenagers' personal lives and then fitting them two together. And then I quit the teaching job and I moved out of Florida back home in Tennessee and um, I said, I, I just can't, I don't work, I work with horses, you know, I want to go to vet school. So I don't yeah. work with kids and I don't work with trafficking. So I made, I made my own way as far as that goes and just kind of built the wolf project. Yeah. Um, so I want to go back to the, to the visions part of it. I mean, this is very fascinating stuff for me. And uh, how, so when did you realize that this was actually so okay first my first question uh obviously these weren't like you weren't sleeping having nightmares or anything like that these were just like random occurrences like you might be eating a bowl of cheerios and all of a sudden you would have a vision exactly or, yeah okay okay yeah um how did you know that these were real individuals too because i i think that'd be a question a lot of people would would, would want to know as well and i, I mean it's it's they just out of curiosity yeah of course um, the truth is, is that I don't. And if somebody okay. wanted me to prove it, I couldn't ever prove it. You know, okay. the only way that I'm like, this is, those were some of my first visions that I ever had is just based on experiences that I have now that I can prove that they were real. And so okay. I know what the difference is between daydreaming and a vision, you know? Right, right. Um, but you know, the, the, um, physiological effect that comes from those was enough for me to be like something's going on something's to these weird occurrences that i'm having throughout the day if you get up you see the things that you see and you your body feels like you were actually there and then when you snap back to reality and you throw up like something's yeah. different about that daydream than your just usual one you know oh yeah um so do you so were these occurring after your, uh, and look, I don't want you to ever minimal, minimalize anything. I mean, you know, people have their traumas and everything and, and I have it of doing that as well. So I don't want you to think I'm admonishing you or anything like that. Um, with your sexual traumas that you've had, the sexual assaults that you had, did the divisions come after or before that? Um, both. I had already both. been sexually assaulted before that. Um, and then, I mean, things happened after as well. So, both yeah and obviously if you don't want to talk about it i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna make anybody uncomfortable um no yeah you're fine you're fine yeah yeah, yeah. um have you talked to i i know you talked to a preacher uh you're one of your pastors about have you ever talked to anybody in the medical in the medical field as well about it and to to see maybe if there was a scientific explanation to it or or Um, or, go ahead i'm sorry no i'm listening i'm listening oh yeah yeah Um, yeah as far as the medical field goes um i have gone i have undergone because um my therapist actually brought this up the other day she's like the first time you and i met you know we were 
at this location. It was this day. I'll never forget it. And you were like, you know, I'm afraid that I'm schizophrenic, you know, or something because yeah, these things were happening. And now we've gotten, we've gotten to see them unfold. You know, now I can walk up to a stranger and tell them prophecy, you know, just based on a vision that I had and it land right on the mark. And so before I was scared and nervous about the gift of prophecy and visions um, because I really wasn't getting any validation that it was real. I was afraid I was mentally ill. Um, and I, I didn't have the bravery to go up to somebody and say, I just saw this. Is this true or not? You know? Right. Um, but now, you know, we're getting the hang of things and I can walk up to people and say that and they go, you know, Oh my God, you know, how did you know that? And it's just from the grace of God. Um, but, um, as far as being tested as in mental health goes, I was tested for everything like OCD, bipolar disorder, borderline personality disorder. I mean, went through it all, had MRIs done. Everything is normal. Um, yeah, I was on a couple different antidepressants at the time and now I don't take anything. And right. I think it, I, I, I definitely needed, there was one medication that I took, um, Wellbutrin. And yeah, I've been on that is, before too. Yeah, it's not an SSRI. It's uh, actual serotonin replacement. So like it boosts your serotonin instead of just keeping it in your uh, synapse longer. So I think that boost of serotonin was all I needed. Um, and mm. then I was on it for probably almost a year. And I kind of got out of the habit of taking it. And then one day just realized like, you know what? Uh now that I'm comfortable in my spiritual gifts and I'm answering my calling and my purpose, um, I don't really need it anymore. Right, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm fine, you know. And so my doctor agreed, and everything is normal. Yeah, that's, that's as good. normal I, as a gift of prophecy can get. But yeah, <laughs> right. And I asked that because you know somebody because other people might ask that same question as well. Like maybe this might be a defense mechanism happening from sexual assault and sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just, you know, so I, I don't want you to take it as me just trying to, you know, uh, just say anything out of the way or, 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 or hateful or mean to you about it. I, I really am just curious about it. Um, yeah, of course. Absolutely. And of course, and that's totally fine to like doubt and yeah. have questions. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you are. I really appreciate it. Um, I will tell you my experience with well future and it's not the same as yours. Uh, yeah, I was younger. I was probably about 14 or so, eighth, like about eighth grade, seventh grade, uh, around that time frame. I was on well future and I was on like five of them a day. Uh, mm. I had, I, yeah, I had ADHD, 80, uh, yeah, ADD, ADHD, you know, well, first it was ADD, then it was ADHD later on in my life. And then, um, a lot of behavioral problems that I had. And so they finally, and I was in, a, I was at a private school, um, at, with the church that we went to. So when I was in, uh, which that's another story for another day, but anyway, I don't want to get down too many rabbit holes, but so I was more or less yeah. like, like zombied out. Um, people were kind of nervous. My teachers were nervous. They were telling my mom that, you know, Hey, cause it was the first time I ever heard the word described, you know, somebody describing me as withdrawn. Um, and I, I didn't know what the hell that meant. And I was like, what, what's, what's withdrawn? And they were trying to ask me like, why, you know, what, you, you don't have that pep. You don't have that energy. You know, you don't have that, you know, uh, wanting to ask questions and be uh, in- inquisitive mm-hmm. or anything. And mm-hmm. I was just, at this point, I was kind of like tired of just being wrote up for everything and being in trouble for everything. And I just said, I just, I'm just tired of being a bad kid. I, you know, y'all want me to be a good kid? Here I am. 
and yeah. that, that scared that scared the hell of my mom and it scared the hell of my teachers too and uh I, I, shortly after i think i was off of it and i went back to my normal kind of hyper self uh kind of the guy i am now uh or diarrhea and all um <laughs> and so yeah my experience with well was completely different from yours uh on as and i'm glad that you had a good experience with it though I just wanted to add that in there into this interview. Um, yeah, that's wild, though. I feel like that, I mean, I'm not a medical professional by any means, yeah. but I think it's insane that they put you on that much as a kid. Yeah. But, oh, uh, and, I, and I've always been a hefty kid, too. So, I mean, I, I was always a big boned uh, individual. I'm still a big man to this day. So uh, I think it was I, I don't remember if it, if, if it was like a weight dependent thing or something like that. But I, I had to, you know, I had a had a, like a, a small adult's body at 13 uh, as far as weight range went. So, um, yeah, that, that was probably – and that was why I got upped on a lot of different other medications, or that was their reason and thinking from what I remember. And I, I could be completely off the mark on it. But, I mean, hell, you're talking yeah. about almost almost 20 years ago now. Or actually, yeah, over 20 years ago now. Uh, yeah. So um, I think when I got into my adult years, I got off all the medications as well. Um, I just – and I tried to get back on in my thirties. Uh, just some of the stuff I've been on, it just, it, it, the last one I was on just made me not give a shit about anything. And I don't mm-hmm. like that feeling. I don't like that. I don't like the feeling of apathy. Uh, you know, like I could be having a good day. Yeah. Be having a bad day. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. nothing matters. And I don't like that feeling. So that was me on Lexapro. Like when I was on Lexapro. That's yeah. Nothing. That's the one. That's, that's the one I was on. That was the last one yep. I was on. I said, Nope. I'll never do that again. Yep. Same. Um, same. You know, but uh, it, it did help with my anxiety a lot. I mean, it basically helped my anxiety so much. I didn't give a shit about nothing. I and, know, uh, that was me too. Yeah, yeah, and that's not good either because you need to have, in, in this day and age, you need to have your you know, your know wits about you. You need to be have some type of you know fight or flight instinct as far as, hey, there's danger around. I need to really give a shit. Um, and that, that's just wasn't happening for me. And I was like, nah, uh, I, 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 you know, I'm married. And so I have a, you know, I have my wife and everything. And when I'm out in public, I'm very much in that, um, protector mode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm watching out for her and everything like that. Cause her safety is my main priority and it's, and it's my role as her husband, you know, as, as a provider mm-hmm. protector in our marriage. So that's where yeah. I, you know, that's, you know, that's where I am with that. But anyway, enough about me. This is about you. Uh, <laughs> um, so you, so we, we covered how, you know, you went to the doctor, they clear everything out. There's not, there's not a, there's not any mental disorders or anything that's affecting these prophecies and visions. And so mm-hmm. how did the, how did people in the church, um, I'm, I'm assuming you go to church and everything like that. Um, how did they, how did they take to that uh, with the prophecies and everything? So, um, yeah, I don't go to church anymore. It's a very okay. long story. <laughs> well, we have some time. Yeah, well, basically, um, well, it started out with stuff like that. And, of course, I went to a quote-unquote non-denominational church. It was a mega church. I got super yeah. involved. Um, uh, I loved it. I really did. I loved that sense of purpose and that I was within God's will. And because I had – I wasn't a hellion as a kid. I certainly wasn't. But yeah, I wasn't – a perfect Christian girl either. And my family didn't really go to church either. So I I love that feeling of finally being like, quote unquote, good person, you know? So I got super involved with the church and when those things started happening, I started talking um, to the pastor and 
things like that. They were like, oh, well, it's, it's about purpose and things like that. And so they um, actually paid for some, some kind of like virtual training for me to watch um, as far as the anxiety it was giving me. They wanted to like mm-hmm. clear out the anxiety. And right, so try they to told help. Me, yeah, and, and they told me that because it was giving me anxiety and, and these like yeah, volatile um, emotions that it wasn't from God, that God gives the spirit of peace. And I understand the reasoning behind that, but, you know, there's plenty of points in the – I don't want to get too spiritual, but there's plenty of points in the Bible no. where it's like, oh, they saw an angel and they were terrified. Okay, but it's still an angel. Just because they were scared yeah. doesn't mean it wasn't from God. Hey, but, look, please do go into these points because I do cover all perspectives. Look, you know, I, I, you know, yeah, I try not, I try myself personally not to be too uh, on, on the religious or, or, or political side of things. But if this is something that, that has affected your life, you know, by all means, please go into it as well. I, and look, I, and, and I will point to that. Um, there is something called holy discontent, you know, um, yeah. Jesus had that as well in the Bible. I mean, look, I, I grew up kind of similar to what you, how you did as well. As far as I, I went to a non-denominational mega church out here in, uh, or well, out in the Tangible Parish area, and um, so I, you know, I, I, I at one point I actually studied the Bible because I wanted to be a youth pastor. I wanted to go, mm-hmm. out, I wanted to be like my youth pastor at the time, um, and help young people and 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 guide them and try to and not not really trying to guide them to make them follow this religious strict set of rules pious life but more, more or less to be good decent people to other people in the world right, mm-hmm. right. um and that's what that was where my love and heart was for people just just to help hurt people right uh, and i always had that in me um i guess because maybe i'm a broken soul as well to an extent mm-hmm. um so uh yeah i mean uh, and one one clear-cut example from the bible of 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 holy discontent of course is when jesus went to the temple you know he saw all the all the businesses the money changers out there and he you know he flipped tables and started hollering screaming turn turn a rope into a whip and started just chasing them yeah. out off the temple steps so yeah, yeah I, I i believe that there are you know there's righteous indignation there's holy discontent there is righteous fury and anger and then there's clear mm-hmm. cuts of it in the bible so right. please go. I mean, so I'm I'm telling you, you can go into these these, these spiritual subjects if you want to. Uh, there's no okay, shame good. or there's no judgment on that. Obviously, that's a major part of who I am. So <laughs> that yeah. that makes it easier to talk about things. Then, but I mean, yeah, the pastors were like, oh, you know, it's got to deal with purpose, but the anxiety part, you know, you can't have that. You got to clear that out. So, um, which is all great. They had fantastic intentions. I know that they did. They really tried. But at some point, the visions became about other things. So, like, for strangers, or I would have visions of old friends and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it turned into them being worried that I was being attacked from the demonic side of the world um, because my family had a history, my my distant family. So, like, my great aunts were some people thought that they were witches, you know? And so they thought that since my family had this history in the occult, that yeah, I was being tormented by something and that it wasn't God anymore. I was just being tormented because I was becoming a Christian and leaving that occult family history behind and Satan was attacking me, et cetera, et cetera. So right. it became something that was a gift and then it turned into something that they wanted to shut down completely um and that sent me into a spiral i mean i attempted suicide 
I was very suicidal. Um, I, I lived in that deep, dark depression for probably, I mean, I was in it when, since I started puberty, but that period, it was about three or four years of like, right after my freshman year of college, I lived in that of just not wanting to be alive because God was giving me a gift and giving me purpose. And it was being told to me that it was satanic. And, and, and now you can see now I live a life yeah. that's not on antidepressants and I'm fulfilling that purpose, you know? Right. So yeah, I mean, the church did not like it. The church still doesn't like it. I mean, every day I get comments or old friends will come and tell me, you know, that I don't live within God's will. I don't want, I mean, there, there's no shame in people that go to church and I think it's beautiful. I really, really do. And part of, part of me wishes that I felt comfortable going to a church, but I can't sit in a pew anymore and listen to another sermon about how people who have premarital sex or people who drink or whatever, those are not good. And I'm not trying to sit here and promote any of that. But when there's children right. starving across the world and there's people being murdered at execution style and children who have to walk from Afghanistan to France for to seek asylum as 11 year olds, um, I don't want to sit here and talk about and shame people who have premarital sex. You know what yeah. I mean? I've got no interest in sitting in a pew and quote unquote being taught by someone who has a thousand dollar pair of shoes on. I don't want right. that. So I love Christ and I believe Christ that he is who he said he is. And I've personally witnessed the power of Christ. Um, I used to be into apologetics. So like I know the Bible pretty well a bible expert by any means but i know the bible pretty well and it, it kills me to see that jesus came to free us from all these religious chains just for people to put ourselves back into religious chains in the name of jesus that's not how it works <laughs> and so yeah. because my gift works a little differently um people are, are afraid and, and still call me dem demonic and satanic and et cetera. So yeah, the well, church doesn't really like me that well. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I, I'll, I'll tell you like this, uh, as a man who, who does struggle with his faith and I, I I've talked about it on, on my podcast, uh, you know, these stories of these babies killed and raped, things mm -hmm. of that sort of nature, they bother me to, to, to that extent to where I do question my faith. Um, and it's mm -hmm. an ever growing, ever learning journey. But I'll tell you this, though, anybody that fights pedophilia, anybody that's fighting the, these sick individuals that are hurting these babies, uh, that's nothing demonic about that. That is somebody who is trying to be a force for good. And for that, I love you. Like from oh, the bottom yeah. of my heart, if I could hug you and just and just love you, I'd love you. I'd love you like a family because <laughs> anybody that wants to protect these little ones um, they're you know, I don't, I don't give a shit what you've done in your in your past. And, you know, if, if you if you're here to protect little ones, then I'm for you. A hundred percent all the way. I, I don't, I don't care. Like it, it's, it's cause I, that it doesn't matter if we're white or black Republican or, or, or Democrat, you know, rich mm -hmm. or poor Christian, Satanist, heathen, pagan, atheist, mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, we all kind of unify under this one banner, this one rallying cry that we want to protect kids. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that, that, that I feel can be the stepping stone of unification for not only our country, but for the world too. And right. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly about, you know, going to a church and, and being taught as well um, when they have all this suffering and pain in the world. And it seems like 
not only in the world, but in our own churches. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, go look at ex-Christian talk and especially and I, I post about today about the, uh, and I know you've probably seen it as well. And I, I've done a video on it uh, with the, uh, with that sound box, um, losing my religion with the under the sea theme song uh, in the background playing in there. There's a reason why there's been a mass exodus of Christianity. And it's mm-hmm. because we have, you know, we have people who have broken uh, in these broken, hurt souls that we have judged, we have, and I'm, you know, I'm not saying me and you personally, but as Christianity, we have, you know, we, we've shunned them, we've shamed them and we have not believed them and we did not love and support them. Mm-hmm. And so they, you know, obviously become disenchanted with it. And for people who've never been through these type of traumas and, and had to go through this type of experiences, they don't see it. And mm-hmm. I'm glad that people are speaking out and speaking up against it and makes me want to speak up and speak out against it just to open their eyes and realize that if Jesus came back today, he would see the church is the same thing that he fought against 2000 years ago in the Bible. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that he, that it, we have become the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. We Absolutely. have become them. I mean, the church, that's what the church looks like. And it's, if, if not, we become the Pharisees and I've seen a lot of, uh, and, and I don't, I don't mean to go against prosperity preachers to an extent, but this is where I have a disagreement with them <clears throat> I, from what my optics and my perspective is going, seeing prosperity preachers, mega churches and everything like that. They have pimped out Jesus for a fat bank account. And, oh my God. And, don't even get me started. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. We could go. We we could probably have a huge another roundtable discussion in, in in a different set of podcasts with with this type of stuff. But mm-hmm. it does bother me to my core. And when I talk to people, it bothers the hell out of them. Mm-hmm. They just don't know how to go about it and then to call it out. And there was a doctor uh, in, that died in '86. I forget his name, but I, I think I posted about him. Uh, or in my previous account, I think, or uh, maybe Miss Barb from uh, the TTI industry posted about him. It was that, um, you know, Satan is not stupid. He, uh, mm-hmm. he, 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 play, he knows how to play the smart game. It's not too far off the mark to believe that he created a fake Christianity that looks so much like the real one that good Christians are scared to call it out, you know, call it to speak out against right. it. Right. And, oh, my God. And, you know, and that's where, you know, I think that Christianity is at this point. Now, people come at me and go, why don't you talk about this religion or that religion? Well, I didn't grow up in these other religions. I grew up in Christianity. So there's a reason why I don't speak out against Judaism or, or, or Islam or any other major religion in the world, because I don't know anything about them. And why would I go try to go fix somebody else's religion or somebody else's way of life if I'm not willing to call out my own? Oh, and yeah. So, yeah. yes, I know I'm. I didn't mean to get on that pulpit with it, but that's what, that's what I have my message for a lot of Christians as well. And, and, and it's mm-hmm. the one thing I always had a problem with too, was uh, whenever people would have traumas or, or, or going through depressions, like I've, I've gone through as well, um, go and pray about it. Um, to me was never a valid answer. Um, if I wanted to go yeah. pray about it, I'd go to God and pray. I, I don't need a middleman to tell me that, you know, mm-hmm. I would want, you know, trusted and have family or that, that I have some kind of bond with and I want your advice. Right. So that's how that, that's that's just deep down in my heart. Um, and I could be wrong. You know, I, I could be wrong about a lot of things and I'm open to being, you know, to being wrong as far as what what's right then. And that's where I'm at with in my life and my walk with God. Um, I never yeah. had visions. I never had dreams or, or, or gifts of prophecy. Um, hell, I've never even heard God speak to me. You know, I, yeah. and I was on, I mean, I'd put my knees on the, on the floor. I'd, I'd sob. I, I would groan. I would, you know, uh, 
raise my hands, begging him to talk to me, begging, begging, begging. And I think there's a lot of people who've done the same thing who have broken off from Christianity because from, yeah. and, um, but I do feel that there is a presence in this world that, you know, guides us. I think there is, um, there's a lot of good people in this world who just don't know how to fight. And right. so you're, you know, you're, you're leading, you know, your battles and, and showing the way. And that's what I love about you. When I, when I, when I got on your, when I saw your TikTok, I'm like, oh yes, I'm about this. I think the first, <laughs> I think the first TikTok I saw with you was the one where, you know, uh, you're in your car and it, it's, 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 it's on a song or something like that, but it, you have to, you have to like the, the text on there and it goes, the pedophile's got a price on your head and you know, you, your reaction mm -hmm. to it and everything like that. I'm like, oh yeah, I fucking like this click follow. And then I start going, and then I, then I go back and I, I, I go look at your videos and everything like that. And I'm like the wolf project, you know, you're sending out the reapers. What? Holy yeah. shit. That's what I'm talking about. You know, you're ready for war. That's what, you know, like hell yeah. Uh -huh. Absolutely. Um, and there are so many good men and women out there and I've had these private conversations with them and they just, a lot of them just don't know how to go about it. And Right. show as, as well as you are like you don't have to be somebody with a lot of influence you just need to start somewhere and, and with it and mm -hmm. you know that's why I, that's why you do what you do that's why i'm doing what i'm doing i'm trying to spread the awareness open their eyes and compel them and and have wonderful people such as yourself on here to to show your projects and yeah just, and i appreciate that a lot i know i'm sorry i've been talking rambling too much but uh I, I felt that on my heart to share with you and, and to share with the world too. Um, and that's how yeah, I feel. I think well. that's cool. I think that's cool that you like discovered me that way, but yeah. you know, and that, that's the thing is like, I don't have this, uh, you know, I'm not a survivor. And I think yeah. a lot of people think that you have to have like this incredible backstory in order to ch make a change in an area. You don't have to experience that trauma to change that part of the world. You know, exactly. just go, just go and do it. And like you said, I didn't have, um, a big platform. I still don't have a big platform. Um, but you know, all it took is me saying, okay, I'm actually just going to send it. I'm going to send it. And I was like, maybe I'm going to have to, you know, force my parents and my whole family to constantly share things on their Facebooks and, you know, help them, get them to help me get this thing off the ground. But there is a outcry for this. And just like you were saying, people want to help. We don't know where to start. That was yeah. just like me in college. You know, I was like, God, I don't know what to do. I'm stuck in college. There's nothing I can do. Um, so this is giving people a good, a good place to at least start and see where they're going to fit in and where they're going to belong on this journey of saving these kids. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's cool. And, and I'm, I'm just an average person. I went, I paid, I paid, <laughs> like thousands of dollars to be trained by uh, this guy named Hanun um, in Boca Raton, Florida to do okay. Kramaga because I, I, we talked a little bit about it, but I was going to do um, rescue mission work in a different yeah. country and that's still a possibility. But now I, I know that I'm supposed to prioritize vet school first. Um, yeah. so I've got to get through that before, but um, you know, like I'm just, I'm just an average person. And I just, yeah. what you got to do is just sit down and send it. Just do it. You know, no more thinking, just do. <laughs> yeah. Just one, just one step forward and just keep making another step. And that's all I've been doing as well. Yeah. Um, you, you know, it, it, 
it's amazing that, uh, and you're right, you know, you don't have to, I, I'm not a survivor of any sexual trauma or abuse or anything like that. I mean, I have, mm-hmm. I have, I had, you know, physical trauma, uh, from one of my mom's boyfriends that was short lived, uh, when I was younger. But other than that, I didn't have any of this, but I always knew that whenever I learned what pedophilia was, what a pedophile was, I just knew inherently within deep within me, this was pure evil. Mm-hmm. Um, that children are innocent and mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of them especially small children are defenseless and they can't fight they can't stand up and speak they can't cry back and they don't you know and and they're manipulated into believing that if they say anything they're going to be the ones getting in trouble or their parents are going to be the ones getting in trouble and going to jail and they're going to lose every and they're going to lose everything they know so there there's so much of that going on in this world that these these evil i, I mean just pure evil scumbags in my opinion i mean when you got a group of people that that murderers and gangsters and drug dealers in prison want to kill, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, you, 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 you know, you're just pure fucking evil. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's what, what you are. And I mean, there were so many different things that kind of felt like dominoes for me to get this kicked off. And I, I guess events in my life that led to this events where, you know, man, I didn't do anything. Oh man, you know, I'm, I'm, what, what can I do? And, and being on the sidelines and just being mad and being a keyboard warrior on, on Facebook about it. But I was like, this ain't enough. This, this, this is continuing. This is, this is constantly happening and it's got to stop. So I want to, uh, I want to get into like the, the meat and potatoes of, of the wolf project. Like what is it specifically designed to do as far as like, like, and you don't have to go like to all the secrets and details, but just like, what's it about? What, like, like, how, like, how does it work? No. Gabby. Gabby, did I lose you? Uh Oh, sorry. Y'all I think we're having some technical difficulties. Hey, Gabby, if you can hear me, I can't hear you. Okay, you coming back? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Sorry. Okay, yeah, someone called me and it, it, for whatever it reason, off. disconnected everything. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I heard you, you were asking about the, the Wolf Project, right? Yeah, yeah, the meat and potatoes of it. Like, you don't have to give any any super secrets out or anything, but just like, what what's it about, and how does how does it work, just on a, on a baseline level? Yeah, of course. Um, so the the Wolf Project is a network of beta accounts um that interact with other beta accounts. So we um we basically make each other's beta accounts look more realistic, and of course, this is all in the in the initial stages. So things are just getting started. Um, yeah. But we interact with each other and make them look more realistic and thus are more effective. Um, and so we have people that, you know, if you look really young, then you're fine. We have people who aren't really young and we have people that Photoshop their pictures for us and we yeah. can post these things. Um, we have, you know, I, I train people who want to be these beta account holders and these beta account holders are called Reapers. And so yeah. um, I train these people you know, the specific things that they need to put on their profiles, you know, where their location should be, how old they should be based on the state that they're in. Cause the laws yeah. differ as far as age of consent. And then, you know, your, your leeway ages of, you know, four or five years is usually what it is. Um, yeah. so, um, yeah, I mean, I basically we just have beta counts interact with each other. Um, once we get somebody who, 
quote unquote takes the bait and sends us incriminating evidence, then we will um, contact local authorities and then try to figure out if they want involvement or not. Um, if they want involvement, that is our goal. So I never ever preach to people that the only thing that we're going to do is humiliate them on the internet. That is not my goal. My right. goal is to get that person in the handcuffs and behind bars somewhere. Um, right. And they should never figure out that we have baited them until they are in jail. So right. that is basically in a nutshell, the whole thing. However, yeah. you know, there are more positions in the organization than just being a reaper. Um, you know, we need people who are merchandise designers, website builders, logo okay. makers, you know, uh, social media awareness, community educators. So it's, any money that we get, it's going, if we have leftovers, then we will either send people, our people to be trained in Kramaga so that we can hopefully build some rescue missions. Um, yeah. Or work with organizations that do the rescue missions already um, because we have tons of ex-military uh, private investigators. I'm, I mean, just incredible people who are like so versed in this stuff. I mean, way more than I am. Um, so we're we're building like this an empire pretty much of just building money yeah. towards training, prevention, and education. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Fuck, I, I, I'm excited. I'm, I, I know you can't see my smile, but it's from ear to fucking ear right now. I, <laughs> I, I love it to death. And I know right off the top of my head, I, I know three people who would be great to do bait accounts with and everything. Whether or not they choose to do so would be on them. Uh, as far as to look at it, look at age and everything, um, yeah. family that I have. Um, and I hope they would love, I'd, I'd hope they would too. I mean, I, I might call them when I get off of here and talk to, you know, talk to them and say, Hey, do you want to do this and see if it's interesting, you know, and send them your way. But if not, that's fine too. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, so like for me, you know, it, it would be, and, and, and I, and I remember asking you on the phone when we first initiated contact about that, like, you know, how do y'all do it? And I talked about like Skeeter Gene and, uh, and dads against predators, what they do on YouTube, which got me interested in that type of work anyway, because mm -hmm. they were trying to protect their communities as well, you know, and they, and they find the, and they find pet, pedophiles online and, uh, and, and they go out and they meet them at like a, like a target or a Myers or a Kroger or something like that. And they, mm -hmm discuss what's going on and, and get enough video evidence. They have all the screenshot evidence as well. Mm -hmm. And they end up usually calling the cops and, and, and getting them busted and everything like that. But there's some that just keep going back at it and at it and at it. Um, but I do under, I, I do understand. It's not about just humiliating somebody. It's about actually getting the, getting these sick individuals in prison mm -hmm. to pay for their crimes. And I'm all for that. Um, you know, and, and, and if something happens to them, you know, and if the convicts decide they feel like they want to hold court in a jail cell, well, that's on them. And I'm not glorifying any vigilante justice, but I'm not going to shed any tears for no dead pedophiles either. I don't, you know, yeah. I don't, yeah. you know, so that's just I mean, me and my opinion. I mean, it, 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 it's a rough opinion for some people. They're like, oh, you know, and, and some people call me, you know, extremist on that and overzealot. But uh, yeah, um, I, I've had, I've had the conversations with survivors. I've, I've talked to them. I've seen their stories. I've cried with them. Um, I know the lasting effects that, that this has on them from, from when they're children all the way into their adults and to late, I mean, all the way till the day they die. Some of them, um, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's, it's heartbreaking and gut wrenching and horrible what they do. So anybody that's willing to bust these sick individuals, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. And I don't feel in my mind, um, you know, that they can, uh, once they start offending, I don't think they can ever stop. 
Um, yeah. the, study, the studies have shown that they can't stop. Yeah. So, I mean, Absolutely. you know, harsher prison sentences, on, on, you know, is what I feel for them. Um, you know, no good time, uh, which in Louisiana, we have, uh, we have a one-for-one good time ratio, which means for every day you was a good little prisoner, you get a day knocked off your sentence. So when they talk about sending them to prison and everything like that, let's say they go to jail for, you know, they get sentenced for 10 years and they have, you know, good time and everything, five years, they could be out. Right. And still young. And some of them are still young enough to go back out and reoffend and everything. And of course, they're not going to stay off of social media. Uh, they're going to break those rules and those laws. Mm-hmm. They don't give a shit. Yeah. I mean, how they, they, I mean, if, if they're going to go about raping kids and everything like that. They're not going to give a shit about, you know, a, a social media law or anything like that. I mean, shit, you know, they're, they're already doing the, one of the most heinous things I, I feel in my life. I feel on, on this earth that it can be done to somebody. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, there's just, research right now coming out. Which I, I don't know specifically on the on the scientists and lab and publisher on this, but I read something recently that was talking about endometriosis in women. And endometriosis is like horrible. It is extremely painful. It often has to end in the hysterectomy. Completely ruins all reproductive success of a woman. Okay, which yeah. you know affects their hormonal level, their entire life. You know of being a woman, and there's a huge link to sexual assault as a child linked to having endometriosis uh later on into their adulthood so this is lifelong lifelong stuff and you're completely correct like a lot of people think that i have a problem with pedophiles nope i don't really have a problem with pedophiles i have a problem with people who act on pedophilia and that's the thing like if you can if you can have your warped mind i understand that's probably a trauma response that you've had to undergo and i've got grace and mercy for those people the moment that you put your kink on my kid you're dead to me. It's all. Yeah. It's war. So, I mean, I, I, I don't think that it's harsh at all. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I mean and, and obviously, you know, and I feel that same way too, because I do know there, 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 there's a group of pedophiles that, the, and they know they're pedophiles. They call themselves the virtuous pedophiles. And what it is with them is they, they understand that what their attraction to kids is a sickness. They don't mm-hmm. want to hurt children. You know, at least that's what they say, right? They they put and there was a news story about a couple of news stories on it, um, but they feel like you know, look, I, you know, we don't want to hurt kids, we don't want to, uh, you know, we want we don't want to sexually abuse any any children. We just have a sexual desire for them, and we want to stay away from them because we know that it's going to mess them up and everything. And for that, you know, like you say, grace and mercy, I can extend to somebody like that because they they're aware of their problems, they're aware of their sickness because it is a sickness. And, you know, they don't want to act on that sickness. And so they'll take jobs where there's no kids around. They'll live in areas where there's not a lot of where there is no kids or not a lot of kids around. And so um, for that, you know, I do say, you know, not good on them, but, you know, it's that you're at least trying that they they're they're aware of the fact that they want to keep kids safe as well. Um, I'm not going to go have have beers with them and talk it out with them or nothing like that. But I'm not going to go out and I, I don't I'll never encourage anybody to want to act violently toward these individuals either if they're trying to fix the problem that they mm-hmm. that they acknowledge they have within themselves um mm-hmm. and so that's where i i you know i, I kind of basically like you know kind of arm's length away from those type of people but i don't i'm not gonna go out and spit on them or hate them or anything like that and i'm, I'm not saying i'm gonna go out and find my local pedophile and start you know start a, a you know a legal conflict with them or anything where i can where i can go to jail for, for anything like that um so now if, with my TikToks and my Facebook, uh, you know, a DA can just look at all my social media and just go premeditated and add, yeah. you know, another 10 years to my sentence and no, nah, screw you, but I'm going to be that bone man. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I don't know if you know what the bone men are, but uh, in New Orleans, that was a tradition uh, that's, that dates back 200 years ago. Um, for the last 200 years, the bone men were a group of men who dressed up as skeletons. It's called the Bone and Skull Gang. Um, they would go through New Orleans at the beginning of Mardi Gras, like on that Monday when Mardi Gras starts at around 5, 530 in the morning. And they would start chanting and shouting in the streets and everything, basically saying, you know, you need to be living right or the bone man will get you. Mm-hmm. And they were essentially warriors as well. Um, anybody that wasn't living right, you know, basically being a menace to society of being a threat and a harm, you know, they would take care of. Uh, and so it was a warning to any individual that wanted to cause harm or disaster to anybody in, in that neighborhood. And I feel like I'm a bone man. You know, I'm, I, mm-hmm. I'm capable of that violence. I'm capable of that action. But I'm I'm speaking out. I'm banging my war drum and I'm, I'm, I'm shouting in the streets, you know, like, hey, you need to watch out. You need to be, you know be ready be vigilant and that's Um, what but you you, you're a wolf you know you're a wolf you are going out and you're hunting them down and and you're leading other wolves to hunt them down yeah i mean that that is the the same same concept of like even if we don't put a single person behind bars we're at least going to scare the shit out of them they're at least going to be have that in thought in the back of their mind when they quote unquote think that they're talking to a child that it could possibly be the wolf project you know and that's the thing you know the wolf project the name comes behind um you know wolves will hunt individually and they also hunt in packs and this is the same thing it could be one of us coming for you or it could be the whole ordeal coming for your neck so it's a scare tactic at its least you know so at at, at base level just scaring them but there, there's action behind that 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 fear too. So I mean, you know that mm-hmm. it, you know don't harm children because we're out to get you. And I'm glad oh. that you're doing this. I'm glad you're teaching other reapers to do this and getting these fuckers locked up. I mean, I'm I'm all for it, hundred percent. If I if I if I if I won the Powerball and everything, shit, I'd be giving you about twenty million dollars. So let's go for it. Let's go Chris Hansen style on this shit. Let's get up. Let's get the goat out on this because that's who originally I, I think for a lot of people. I don't know how you man but I, I i love chris hansen he's he in this line of work he is my my he is the goat you know he's the greatest of all mm-hmm. time he, mm-hmm. he's the og and mm-hmm. uh I, I i'm glad to see there's a lot of people that that are continuing his work you know long after he's ha, has been retired from it um mm-hmm. and and so i you know i i'm glad that our generation picked up that mantle and and that we, we, there are people that want to do this and they want to help and, and they want to stop this type of evil. I mean, God, I just have so much love for you. And yeah, uh, I'm grateful for your support for sure. Thank you very much. Oh, no problem. And look, there's other podcasters on there too. And I'm pretty sure they would love to have you on their podcast as well. Um, you know, cause this message needs to be spread across. You know, people need to know about this project. I mean, every time mm-hmm. I see a, I think damn near every time I see one of your posts, I try to repost it and, uh, and, and put it on, I haven't put them all on my Facebook because I don't have that big of an audience on Facebook, but like my TikTok, uh, you know, it, it spreads like wildfire, you know, a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, thank you. No, you're welcome. Of course. Anytime. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think we covered a lot of the basis for today, but is it there is anything perfect. else? Yeah. Do you, anything else you want to add or, or talk about or. Yeah, I think know? that's, I think that's perfect. I appreciate you a lot. I appreciate you and I appreciate what you do. Um, like I say, love you to death. Uh, you know, you're always welcome down here in, in Louisiana around the Baton Rouge area. That's for damn sure. Yeah. We need you. I've, I've got so many people right now actually from that area. Like, I, I kid you not, I went, I went through 100 emails last night. And I would say probably about 10 of them were people from Louisiana. From Yeah, that's probably New one Orleans. of them. Yeah. 
Oh, I, yeah. I might have to resend. I might have to resend my application uh, uh, through my my podcast uh, uh, email and everything like that because my normal account uh, I don't ever change, unfortunately. But you know my name, you know who I am, and everything. Oh, I mean, yeah. you can send me. You can send me stuff in Messenger. You can send me the stuff on, uh, through through my podcast email, which is just a man. It's just called a man apart J dog at uh, Gmail. So I mean, you can send it through that. Yeah, you've got but, my, uh, my number. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, oh yeah, we, we we need to plug your TikTok in. Uh, you know, let everybody know what your TikTok because it, obviously it's not going to be called the Wolf Project, but it's called uh, the original Reaper. Uh, the original Reaper uh, zero zero, right? Correct. Yeah, that's me. Okay. Awesome. And then, uh, of course, if anybody wants to know how to apply to the Wolf, Wolf Project, they can go to your TikTok. They can click on the link tree and they can go find out through there how to mm-hmm. uh, how to go and be a part of this this wonderful program, in my opinion. Absolutely. And just click on the link uh, in my bio, click the Wolf Project membership application. And it is a little bit of a delay right now because we have 300 that are waiting to be processed. Um, but it's just me working on it right now, but hopefully right. we can get those things moving and uh, get everybody taken care of and get this thing off the ground. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that you get some volunteers and everything that, that want to help out with this and everything like that. And maybe somebody that's listening might want to go and help out as well. So mm-hmm. please reach out to Gabby and, and, and you know, go, go find the original Reaper 00 account on TikTok. Uh, go reach out to her. Tell her, hey, I want to help you. What can I do? Right. And you just go from there. And if, mm-hmm. if, if you're doing it, if nobody else does anything else, right to help stop pedophilia like follow you know share the uh share the stuff i mean i, I know it sounds so cliche because a lot of youtubers podcasters all these people say that but spreading the message out you know it's not who you know it's who is who who you know that knows other people that can you know might have an interest and have it on their heart to do this so mm-hmm. absolutely uh, you know that's it we just network with each other well gabby um I love the interview. It was great. A lot of good information, uh, a lot of good, you know, uh, background to your life as far as everything that's happened to you and your, your gifts. I don't call them, you know, anything else but a gift because I think it's a talent. It's a, it needs to be practiced more. And I hope you master that art and you, you go with. It. Well, I certainly appreciate all the positive vibes that you've sent my way and hopefully you get to hang out long enough with me to see it turn into something worthwhile. I, I think if you come join my network group of friends and everything like that, you will be most welcomed and uh, you can grow and build this arm, build this army up, you know, uh, and fight this, this, this evil plague, I guess you'd call it, uh, of, mm-hmm. of just sick individuals. Um, and not only that, but also to help these survivors out as well. I would love to be on a rescue mission one day and, and, and rescue these little babies and, and, and give them the help and love they need. Um, that would be a wonderful thing to do. And I, right now, I don't think I'm physically capable. I mean, I'm a large man, but I mean, I'm not like this. I'm not disabled or anything, but I'm definitely a little, a little slow. I'm a little heavy in the feet, right? A little slow on little slow on the go. Uh, but I mean, I'm a pretty good shot, though. So that, that okay. counts for something, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, uh, anyway, well, look, it was it was a pleasure interviewing you. And I want to stay in touch with you and stay in contact with you. Um, call me anytime. You know, uh, if I answer, you know, if. I'll, I'll, I'll gladly accept if I'm busy, you know, I'll let you know. Okay. Sounds good. It was good talking to you. You too. You be safe. You as well. Right. Bye-bye.